This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. Kyle and I have um, something that we've talked about before, but we just... we. We need to keep hammering on this, I think. Yeah, it's it's really the most important part of everything that we do here and what we try to promote. It's, you know, what is the initial, what is the big problem that we are trying to solve, help people solve, and what we're trying to solve for ourselves? And that is really the lack of capital and the lack of control of capital. And that is what we are trying to accomplish by implementing the infinite banking concept in our lives is to build up enough capital to where we we aren't short anymore. Like we have enough for what we need to do. Yes. Um we talk about becoming your own banker, okay? I don't know if that's confusing to people. Um, but I mean the the root of it all boils down to a need for massive amounts of capital in our life. Mm-hmm. We have Nelson said this, like we have way more need for finance in our life than we do for death benefit. Yeah. That's that's what we're after is the ability to finance. I think maybe people can have a problem taking it seriously when you say becoming your own banker. Like that just kind of sounds weird and salesy, maybe sleazy. I don't know. But it's really what we're doing. What we're trying to promote here is you taking that banking function, which most people don't understand either. I didn't before this. The banking function of borrowing, lending, repaying like that. That is the most important function because that's how capital is accessed and deployed and accumulated. And tell me this, Kyle, before you had a life insurance policy, before you knew what the banking function was, like really could boil it down to the the four distinct parts of it, depositing, withdrawing, borrowing, and repaying money, were you doing that? Yes. Yeah. But not okay, consciously. We're all, yeah, exactly what I'm getting at. We're not... You're just not consciously thinking about the fact that you're doing it, even though you're doing it almost on a daily basis. Yes. And that's why that's why we use life insurance, whole life insurance. It's the most efficient way to do that process. You can do it with anything, like we've said, shoebox, under the mattress, and a whole outback with your AK and AR that they're trying to, <laughs> you know. Take away. Yeah. I mean, you can do this anywhere. It's just whole life is the most efficient way to do it. And we're also accomplishing other things by using whole life. It's the most efficient place to implement the banking function. To give you access to the most capital over your lifetime. And it also, you can also solve your need for death benefit with it as well and pass on generational wealth, which will just supercharge the system. Because, I mean, think about it. You start this process now, you die, you're going to have a huge death benefit that's going to be passed on to the next generation. They stuck that death benefit in policies. That death benefit just keeps growing and growing, and you keep buying um, dollars for pennies at that point to where your family never needs to go to the bank unless they choose to, and you probably become the bank for others. And if you can build a a bank that big, tell me, Kyle, if you have a loan outstanding, um, would you have any money? Because this is this is a system that you control now. Would you have any problem sending those payments back to the system? No. No, because you can access all of those dollars again. But when your system isn't big enough to see that, 
it's hard to get over the fact of, well, then you get stuck up on interest rates and um, policy design and all these things that in the end aren't really that important in becoming your own banker, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, This is a, a new example I've never thought of that I've never shared with anybody, but it's like, okay, why do some farmers go out and get an operating loan when they have fifty or a hundred thousand dollars of cash in their in their checking or savings account or a bond earning one percent and and don't tell me that people don't do this because I have talked to people that do this, okay? Why do you do that? It's because you want to have access to capital, okay? You're just thinking of it on a very small scale we are <laughs> we're adding scale to this with the life insurance, okay? Uh, it's it's why we don't talk about paying the, the least amount of premium possible. We want to pay as much premium into these policies as we possibly can because we want access to a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's adding scale and also adding velocity. You can't do this as fast as you can in a bank that you can in dividend-paying whole life insurance contract. No, it doesn't have all the 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 same characteristics that dividend paying whole life insurance has to accomplish all of this i mean what it, what are what is a huge eroder of wealth taxation yes what happens every year even if you have a million dollars in uh, in your savings account and it's earning 2% okay guess what you're going to pay tax on the the 2% of interest that your um savings account earned yeah okay that's it seems small year by year, but over time, this amounts to a lot of money. Yeah, and it, it also, like, it amounts to a lot of money, you know, each year paying that, but then also think if that money was not taxed and could just be reinvested into that bank account. And continue growing every year and just, the compounding effects of that. Just like the life insurance policy can, while offering, you know, we do everything right, not taxable. We're putting tax dollars into the policy and then using it in a way where we're not experiencing the consequences of taxation. And also, the, the second biggest eroder of wealth is lost opportunity costs. And with the life insurance company and their uh, contract, we're not, our account is not going back down to zero when we're borrowing money out. It's always staying at that, staying at the amount of cash value that we have and then growing each year. Like what, our, are, what is most, uh, I mean, you could probably lump 95% of people into this they're either borrowing money from somebody and working back to zero, or they make money, put it in their savings account, and then they start paying expenses and they're working back to zero. Yeah. It's just a different way of doing it, but you're constantly working back to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in their lifetime, you have one exponential curve in your lifetime. Now, with an exponential curve, Kyle, do you want to be stuck on the left half of it or the right half of it? The left half is very flat. The right half, it starts to go upwards, and it almost gets vertical at a certain point in time. Yeah, we've all seen that compound interest curve, and we want to be on the right side of that curve. But every time, the more and more time in your life that you're spending working back to zero, you are stuck on the left side of that curve. Even if you're not draining that, if you have $100,000 in that account, and you're not draining to zero every year, what if what could that do for you if that $100,000 account never dropped? What if it was always growing at that $100,000? Always working for you. Always, every time, not losing that opportunity cost. So we need to first realize that there is opportunity cost too. We need to realize the massive need for capital that we have in our lives. As farmers, 
This should be easy to see. Look how much it costs to buy a bread heifer. Look how much it costs um, to rent pasture. Look how much it costs to rent land or even buy land. Yeah. What about all the equipment that goes into farming operations? Um, you may spend a million dollars in operating expense and only make a hundred thousand, and that might be a good year for some. You know, I mean, that's crazy how much how much capital it took to arrive at that one hundred thousand dollars. And you were taking a lot of risk along the way, a lot. But at least this was risk that you were educated about, mm-hmm. so you knew something about it. So you knew that if you're going to continue to do this over the long haul, that this is this is something that you can be profitable in. Maybe not this specific year. Something could happen this specific year, but over lots of years put together of you being in the farming business, you can make a profit. It's a hell of a lot different than having Joe Blow from the mutual fund company saying, hey, put that million dollars with me. I have the hot stock, or hot stock picks. And then compared to you putting that million dollars into a farming operation where you understand and control the control, operation. The, the, I mean, there's just no comparison in the type of risks that, that people are taking there. But, <clears throat> but yet it's completely thought of as normal to max out my qualified plan. Um, the only place that I can put my money is in the stock market if I want to earn a return. And it's always 8%. Maybe it's going to be 6 to 8% over your lifetime. Maybe. Maybe. And it's going to be taxed on top of that. That isn't taken into consideration. No. But that is just thought of as, as good. And that's also, you're losing opportunity costs. What could you be doing else, elsewhere with those dollars? Are you having to work for somebody your whole life when you have a different passion? When but you got to put all your money to get that 8% return in the stock market. What's, what's Because that is like the holy number that you are going to get that for some reason. Yeah, I don't know where or where this comes from, but it is it can definitely be argued. And and okay, so an argument that people may have is they're going to look back at over history like if you start at this point in time and come to now, well, this the S&P 500 say did 9% or 10% or whatever it was, whatever that number is. But that is not the number that you are receiving because you are not the person. um, Typically, you're hiring somebody to manage that for you. What is their fee to manage that account for you? Um, Taxation isn't taken into account. If you're doing it yourself, what is the fee from the index that you're using? I mean, yeah, these things just aren't talked about. And um, it's unfortunate because... Because if you would really analyze where you're making your money at, for those of you that are in the business of farming and ranching, it's it should be in the business, the farming and ranching business. Yes. And and I know Kyle can speak for himself that he far eclipsed the six to eight percent return that the market is supposed to provide you. Yeah. In his farming operation last while, year. While doing something that I like to do and doing something where I'm not having a boss looking over my shoulder. I'm able to do what I want when I want, manage it. I mean, that. what's the rate of return on that too? I mean, that's also something that needs to be taken into consideration. Con- control is huge. And we're trying to operate businesses. We're trying to do whatever we're trying to do. And we need capital. So why not try to build a place where you're the only one in control? Not the banker, not the hedge fund guy. You know, it's you. There's nobody standing in front of your door. The only person standing in front of it is you. There's nobody to blame. There's nobody else to praise. It's it's you. 
Right. The the life insurance company is just the administrator of your plan. You're in control of it. You can cancel it at any time. Absolutely. And they you, tell you exactly what your contract is worth at that point in time. And you are the first priority um, for loans. They have to give you first priority of your cash value. Yep. It's, it's an awesome contract to have a guarantee built into it like that. It's not, oh, if, if we want to, we'll give you a loan. It's no, this is guaranteed. This is your contractual right to access a policy loan. Yeah. Powerful stuff. It's huge. It's but, yeah. But, but that's why it works because of that guarantee. You have massive access to capital depending mm-hmm. on how much premium you pay. If you put pennies into a system, you're going to get pennies out of it, okay? Exactly. Um, you have to realize, and you have to, you have to also want this type of system, okay? Um, you aren't going to get this just by, just by, um, what's the, what am I trying to say here, Kyle? Just by, just by reading this book and listening to our podcast, okay? You have to think about and apply how this will work in your life how this can fit into your own system. Yeah, we can't make you excited about it. We can bring you the details like this, how we had the epiphany, how we've used the policy, how we view that this will improve your life, but you have to care enough to take action. And you have to be able to see past... uh, Sorry about that. You have to be able to see past policy design and rates of return and um, direct and non-direct recognition and all these things, okay? Yes, that is important at the end of the day. But if you can't understand the fact that access to capital is the biggest benefit that this system is offering you, mm-hmm. you just, those things still won't matter. No. Those things still won't matter if you cannot see that access to capital and control are the biggest things that this is offering you. And you're going to have to pay interest to the life insurance company when you take policy loans. That is probably the biggest hurdle that people have when it comes to this is paying interest on your own money but you have to look at both sides yes you're paying interest on um you're paying interest to the insurance company for using their money while your money is sitting in the contract earning interest and dividends you're earning interest as well so if this if you were never getting on top of this if you weren't making money the system would not make sense but you do you earn interest on the whole amount so who cares about the measly whatever interest that you're paying for the money you use? It's not that, that you big can of a deal. write off as a tax deduction. Yeah. No, I'm not giving tax advice, but if it's used I for business, read. yeah. If it's used for business, there's no reason why you, it shouldn't be deductible. We know people have deducted. We've deducted ourselves. So, um, it just, I mean, all these things. Um, Nelson called them financial noise that people get stuck on, and. It it is so much more prevalent in today's world because of all the people that are trying to mimic the infinite banking concept, but yet they never mention Nelson's name. No. But if you boil down to their strategy, it's just them saying the story without mentioning Nelson Nash. Yep. In in IBC. Okay. Um, so there's so much noise out there. And then you have the people that gets stuck on, well, this is about rate of return. So we need to use IUL or this specific type of product because it is going to perform better or, you know, all these little minute things. And, um, that That don't matter that that don't matter. I mean, 
Um, it's just not where you get started. You have to understand the fact that access to capital is important. And yeah, you have to pay the insurance company interest on policy loans. But Kyle, if you leave your money sitting in a savings account so you have access to capital, you're not earning interest. No. And then you're, if you're using a loan to operate your operation, then you're paying them interest on that while your money is sitting there earning no interest. So what's the, I mean, <laughs> why not earn some interest? Absolutely. I mean, uh, it, it's just, um, Kyle and I see it every single week and, and I know that it is a huge thing for people to, to get over because this is just not how most people think. So, um, it's not how we thought before we had the epiphany and you and I have said all the time that it was, it was a painful event or string of events in our lives that made us start to think differently. Yeah. Okay. It's easy for you to say, well, next year things are going to be different. That year goes by, nothing was different. Nope. And you say, well, next year things are going to be different. And that year goes by and nothing was different. But guess what? You didn't change anything to make it different. So don't expect things to be different in the future if you don't change anything today. Change, action is what is needed. Massive action. And that's a thing we found is most people we work with, almost all of them have experienced some sort of pain in their life, whether it's financial pain, whether it's any other type of pain and it's unhappiness in a job yeah, and a lack of the ability to leave because, well, I don't have access to money. What am I going to do? Why is that? Oh, well, my employer told me that I should be maxing out my qualified plan. Mm-hmm. And now if I want to take money from it, I have to t- pay a penalty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I wish I had the statistic in front of me, maybe in, in a future podcast, I'll have it and it'll come up as a good time. But it's incredible how many money, excuse me, how many people pull money out of qualified accounts and take a penalty on it. Do you think that they had that intention going into starting that, Kyle? No. No. But what happened? They had it, they had a need for access to capital. Mm-hmm. Would anybody sell when the market is down because they think it's a good time to sell? <laughs> no. No. But they needed access to capital. Or they got afraid and thought it was going to go down even worse. That is another potential problem. And they'd yes. lose even more access to capital. Yeah. <laughs> so why not put your money in a place where it only goes up and you have access to it all the time? Yeah, and here's a good point, okay? If you are that person that the market goes down and you're going to panic, why are you even in the market in the first should place? should not be in the market. Um, the market can have a place for people, but if that is your your type of personality, your profile... That is not a place for you. It is not for everyone. It is not meant to be what we've made it into of having everybody in the market. So this is what really has happened. We've indoctrinated everybody to think that it's normal to store everything, all your money in banks and in uh, qualified plans. So Wall Street and the banks have control of pretty much everybody's money, not you. Okay, so Kyle, um, I don't have a chart in front of me, but in my mind, I am imagining... That at the bottom of this chart, this thing should look like a triangle, but it looks like an upside down triangle for most people. Um, So at the bottom should be our most safe money. Um, So like bank deposits, life insurance, cash values, things like that. Mm -hmm. At the top should be more risky things like, um, so stocks are going to be in there um, and different kind of things that fluctuate, okay? And 
these would represent these levels of this triangle would represent different tiers of risk for your money. Okay. Yeah. Now, what is what do most people do with their money? They put a portion of it into the top tier at the beginning before they even build a base. Yeah. And the top tier is bigger than the bottom base of the triangle. It's a little top heavy, <laughs> heavy and then it falls over. <laughs> yeah. I I just uh I don't know. I think that's a good place to to end at probably because I just <laughs> Yeah. Um, you got to start thinking of these things logically and where it leaves you in life. Yeah, you you need to find out what what the goal is and what action you need to take to get to that goal. And you need to find out what can get you there the fastest, the safest, and the most efficiently. And if you do that, you'll probably arrive at something that resembles dividend-paying whole life insurance. And hopefully you'll be giving us a call. (laughs) (laughs) So um, hope that this helps you guys think about and diagnose the problem in our lives correctly. Yeah, because as Nelson has said, if you don't understand what the problem is, the solution doesn't matter. Yeah, the solution just won't matter. Yeah, and it definitely does not. And that's where people focus at the beginning of researching the infinite banking concept is the solution piece, the, the life insurance policy itself, and that I can loan from it. But they completely forget the problem and what it is that they're trying to diagnose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so hopefully this is helpful, sharing some of our stories and perspective on this. And uh, a great thing for you guys to read would be A Warehouse of Wealth. Nelson talks about um, a life insurance policy in there, but then he goes into how he used the policy and how, yeah, that policy did good performance-wise over its lifetime, but the things that he did with that policy completely dwarfed Where it didn't what, matter, yeah. What, what the policy did. The policy didn't matter in the end. It was just the tool that he used to do things that he was already going to do in his life. The policy just provides the tailwind for you. Absolutely. So... Well, if you want to reach out to us and you have any questions, the links are in the description. And I think that's it for this week. We'll talk to you next week, guys. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.